the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 191 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen and today I am joined by the Brandon Flowers of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we run through a big week in the world of MMA, it's almost Christmas time, Christmas next week. We'll have a show next week at some stage. We'll we'll probably record like a preview for the big Gustafson um, Jones fight at some stage and bring it out. So we'll, we probably won't be like Saturday night start the show. But keep your questions coming in all week anyway uh, at Severe MMA Pod, Severe MMA Podcast at Gmail. Com. We'll have a Q&A as well over the next couple of days up as well, so I'll keep them coming in there. Graham, how are you? Yeah, that's that's big praise coming from you, the Brandon Flowers. It is, in fairness. I, like, for the last few weeks, usually I'd, I'd, I have like a list of them in my uh, my notepad here, and I'd call you one that's of them, sad. but I, I've just kind of forgot about it until I've been doing the intro <laughs> for the last few weeks, and I was like, oh, what the fuck am I going to call him? So Brandon Flowers is the first thing that came to my head, as it usually is. So that's what you got anyway. How are how are you? You'd be going yesterday. Are you tired, hungover? How are you? Yeah, but yeah, both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely tired and hungover, but uh, it was a good crack. And uh, I'm definitely uh, a lot less tired and or a lot less hungover than I was this morning. So uh, I'm over the worst of it. <laughs> is it the one? Uh, is it the wedding Israel Adesanya was at in Ireland this week, or is it a different one? No, he was. I didn't spot him there anyway. <laughs> I think he would have stood out if he was there. What do, What do you mean by that, now, Graham? What? Do this is let's move on let's move on fighter. <laughs> oh yeah fighter oh yeah sorry uh anyway but nobody you, knows are you all set for christmas you are you're have you all your christmas christmas presents bought now what you get me um no i actually don't have all my christmas presents bought uh i'm usually like the last second always yeah. every year i'm but, uh, i'm the opposite I hate, it. I hate it to be honest i fucking hate it yeah so annoying like because nobody ever likes what they get really like no they never prefer do. the cash like yeah, they, they actually do. Like, I, I, I kind of, I don't like when people ask me what I want, but then I always like what they get me, but still, I'd rather have a, a good surprise. That's what I like. But I'm very yeah, hard to please. that's tough to come by. That yeah. is very tough to come by, yeah. But I'm a hard man to uh, to buy for, too, I suppose. Beating Liverpool versus Man United tomorrow. Actually, this is the first show we've recorded. It's now quarter to four in the morning. It's This is the first late show. I don't know if have we, maybe, maybe one or two before, but I used to do them all the time with McGahan because he was useless, you know, but we haven't really done that many late shows, have we? Yeah, I think we might have done one, maybe, but, yeah, I can't remember when it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just... Uh it's like fuck. Let's let's do it earlier tonight or late late tonight instead of early tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. These things happen, but sure. I suppose the kind of the joy with that is still this card is very new in our in our minds. And uh, if people haven't seen it yet, I suppose go and watch it before you uh, you listen to the podcast and come back to it. But we're going to talk about uh, this UFC Milwaukee card, which wasn't the best card up until the final cut a few fights and the main card was actually very good. But the 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 main event was this was a really really. I wouldn't say a brilliant fight, but it was a really interesting fight, you know, kind of back and forth for, for five rounds with Ally Quinta doing a lot better than I think I thought than most people probably thought. How did you see the fight? Do you think it was a, a, a good fight or was it kind of, it was a little bit disappointing as well because of Kevin Lee's performance, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I think, um, I think Ally Quinta was definitely, in the first round, he definitely seemed more comfortable and, Kevin Lee was uh, looked a bit frustrated, and he was trying to get into his groove. He was changing stances, and uh, the takedowns were, were where he kind of 
needed to get the fight and he didn't really do that in the first round but then in the second round he, he was more uh, active and took the back and uh, body triangle and usually when he gets to that position he, he, he historically anyway he get a he get a choke but in the first fight with Al Quinta he didn't he didn't either so Al Quinta's obviously training with Ray Longo and Matt Serra, who who are Matt Serra's a very good uh, jiu jitsu guy so uh, he's been he's been in that position a lot of times and uh, Kevin Lee I think one of the commentators mentioned it. Kevin Lee seemed a bit tired after that, mm-hmm. a bit more tired, I think, than Alai Quinta. Alai Quinta has uh, gone five rounds before, and um, I don't know if Kevin Lee's gone the full five, has he? Did he go with? I don't know. I think he has maybe once, but I'm not yeah, I'm 100% <coughs> sure. But yeah, Alai Quinta definitely looked the fitter, didn't he? And the, the, yeah, I, I and he's got, carrying around more muscle as well, Kevin Lee, so it's it harder to fight for, for longer. Yeah. For a long fight, like twenty five minutes. Yeah, 100%. Like so it was, a, it was a good game plan from Alakwinta. I think like he he didn't do anything stupid when he was on the ground. He just was relaxed and okay. He's like, okay, maybe I'll be stuck here till the end of the round. But at the end of the round, I'll get a, I'll get another chance. And he was patient. And yeah, even when he rocked uh, Kevin Lee a couple of times, he was patient on on the feet as well and didn't rush in and get taken down and end up losing the round instead of winning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I watched, uh, for our Patreon subscribers, uh, they'll have, probably have listened to this, but I went back and I watched the first fight in the rewatch this week and I, I kind of said it a few times during the, the kind of commentary I do, I do on the fights that maybe it's not the best fight in the world to watch, you know, but it's, you know, it's worthwhile because of of obviously two guys fighting the same two guys are fighting again but it turns out it's actually very worthwhile to watch it because this fight played out not, not very much the same but fairly similar. I think it, and like, I think, you know, usually you'd have a fight like that and it's it's a long time on. Let's say if Max Holloway versus Conor McGregor fought again now. I think it'd be a very, you know, a very different fight and I don't think that fight would play into Max Holloway's mind very much. But I think it did for Kevin Lee, oddly. And I, like, it was a, it was a long time ago. It was like, what, two, three years ago or something like that? Kevin Lee's a far superior fighter uh, now than he is then. But you could see it. He, it played very much into his mind. That fight, he was, you know, he was in his very sh- kind of shoulder roll fly Mayweather sort of face where he was trying to box in MMA like fly Mayweather and that just doesn't work because you can fi- find you can uh, hide your chin behind your shoulder on one side but you can't hide the other side uh, of, of your body because the gloves simply aren't big enough you can do that in boxing all right because the gloves are so big but you can't do that in MMA and he was getting caught all the time by that left hook uh, from from uh, Ally Quinta and what did he do tonight then he changed the southpaw for most of the fight and that's that's really the big thing like he wouldn't normally do that. I like our uh, Kevin is usually a guy who he'd go back and forth but he's he's mostly an orthodox fighter but tonight and that's I think that's the whole reason because the left hook I mentioned it before the fight tonight the left hook was the big shot from Ally Quinta in that first fight that kept rocking Kevin Lee over and over and over and he did it a couple of times again here tonight but I think Ally, or, uh, Kevin Lee changed up his game because of that, because he was worried about that. And you could, you know, you could see it even in the first round. Okay, it was very close, but I thought Ally Quinta won it because of the power. In the first fight, the power went all the way of, of Ally Quinta yet, and he won it. You know, he won it because of that. It was the takedowns in the first fight as well that won it for Kevin Lee in the couple of rounds that he won. Uh, did tonight as well were won. You know, were won by the takedowns. So it was, a, it was actually a, a pretty similar fight. Like for, for me, Darren, you know, I asked you were you disappointed with Kevin Lee. The reason I I say say that and why I was kind of disappointed with him as well he looked very sluggish like Kevin Lee has changed into a fighter who is dem- uh, dominating you know he's a guy who will run out and he'll he's either, always been quite stiff on the feet though hasn't he he has but he's a guy who will go for he'll, he'll throw a stiff jab at you like he'll go in for a takedown he'll throw big hard shots at you you know he's not okay he's not the best movement in the world he's he's usually good defensively and stuff like that and, and will throw those big shots and he'll come straight at you like he'll, he'll take one or two but tonight he just 
he wasn't doing it. He looked sluggish. He looked very, very slow. He, he, he took like, what, seven, eight minutes to go for a takedown. I was very, very surprised. Two takedowns in the whole, well, kind of two and a half takedowns in the whole fight. I was surprised with how badly he fought. And, you know, we kind of haven't, I haven't even got into talking about Ally Quinta and what's, you know, positive for him. But Lee, Lee was, I I, I I didn't think he was great. Am I being too harsh on him? Yeah, yeah, well, like, even I always talk about it, even if you don't get the takedown or go all out for the takedown, it's good to go for a takedown early if if, yeah. if you're got a grappling dominance just to get get the other guy thinking about it and worrying about it and just uh, put put him off a bit, put put another thing in his mind to think about. It. And he didn't do that until seven or eight minutes, as you said. Mm-hmm. And when he did do it, he he got the takedown quite easily and uh, straight into side control. Uh, I think the f- the first takedown was mm-hmm. took his back and it was nearly nearly finished the fight. So I he was kind of like maybe overthinking it and trying to outsmart uh, like Quinta by coming out southpaw and it just it just kind of wasted around that he lost and and if he had won that round he would have won a split decision on the on the scorecard so maybe maybe there's something in the the fact that the the first fight just played in to his head too much like like you mentioned mm-hmm, yeah like I, I think, suggested I think everything mentally went right for him you know I, I, I tweeted it uh, during the fight that it reminded me a little bit of Nate Diaz versus Michael Johnson where Nate Diaz kind of at the at, in the kind of first round or towards the second round as well he got just more and more confident throughout the whole fight and was kind of just boxing him up landing those combinations straight down the middle throughout the fight and that's what Ali Quinta was doing everything like okay when I say everything now I'm, I, 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 I'm very specific about that because like okay the start he was landing those combinations down through the middle and uh, he was winning the first of all he was winning the front foot he was pushing um kevin lee back for la- large portions of fight now kevin lee got his his front foot as well at the time he was landing those big shots he landed a heavy shot that first spinning elbow that he threw landed straight on the button for him everything going well for him then the second round he gets taken down and say okay that's not going well for him but then when he got back in the in the third round it started going well for him again you know he was doing really well in the start of the third round got taken down again then in the fourth round he won a close to a 10-8 so everything you know there wasn't he got taken down but every time you he got taken down when it ended up back on the feet or when he ended up coming off the cage it was just going right and right for him again you know everything there was never like okay there was one setback there was never kind of two setbacks in a row which would make him kind of wilt or kind of take the fight away from him which is maybe a thing you could say about Ali Quinta in the past you know if he kind of gets a little bit overwhelmed it's a, it's a good way to beat him, but he was never put down, and he was you know he was winning it all the time in in you know in those you know in those kind of integers between him getting taken down and between the good moments from uh, from Kevin for Kevin Lee. But I thought with that kind of confidence and that mental stability that he gained, he just got better and better and better. You know that jab straight up the middle was absolutely beautiful. His right hand, as I mentioned, that um that spinning elbow as well. You know he's take down the fence. The I think he there was probably maybe five takedown attempts. I think like t- two of them were, were proper takedowns, and uh, another one Kevin or uh, Ally Quinta defended very very well all together. And uh, look the power as well. He look you, you know he just looked really good. Like Kevin Lee to me is I think at the moment like, if uh, talking before this fight I think Kevin Lee is now a superior technician than him, if not a superior striker because of the, you know it's more than just uh, technique. It's power and everything else like that and and your ability to use it but Ally Quinta tonight looked like a better technician as well as having the better power as well as using it better and everything like that I thought it was just you know a, a great great display for, from Ally Quinta he could have finished him there late and the fact that he just he came on and on and on and that big left hook late in the fifth round again I was looking at it I was like this is the first fight all over again you know he knocked him hard with that left hook in the first fight and he did it again towards the end of the fifth round and the way he just kept coming at the end of that fifth round 
it, you know, he he does definitely deserved to win that fight. I I saw you tweeting. Uh, it was it was a close one. Did you how, did you score for Iaquinta as well, or did did you think there was? Yeah, any I had forty eight forty seven for Iaquinta, but I I thought the judges, especially after earlier, there was a really bad decision. What was it? The the it was a terrible fight. The Zach Otto uh, fight, Z- is it? Zach Otto. I actually missed that for Dw- watching Dwight Grant. Katie Taylor. Yeah, it was a terrible terrible fight and a bad decision. I think, but uh, I'm not. The judges were the same, but it was. I think the rounds were close enough. A couple of the rounds were close enough that the, the judges could have seen them either way. But uh, I thought Ali Quinta deserved deserved a three two. Yeah, I I think I think the first three rounds were close. The second, uh, well, the, the fourth sorry, and the the fifth were obviously uh, Ali Quinta an arguable ten eight there. In the fourth and fifth, you know, I don't think either of them were, but you could argue. I, I think the first round was was definitely Ali Quinta's as well. To be honest, I think the first round, yeah, I had the first round for Ali Quinta, but I could see maybe a judge or two putting putting that for Lee, and it wouldn't be too big of a robbery, but it would have been probably the wrong decision, but. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think a good judge will always score that round for Ali Quinta because he landed the power shots. I saw him uh, putting up a stat early in the second round uh, and I think it was just the first round stats, the, the significant strike stats, which were, I think, 22 punches for Ali Quinta and 20, or 21, two punches for Lee and 21 for Ali Quinta. And Ali Quinta had landed way harder shots than Kevin Lee had in that first round. So when, when there's one punch in it and one guy has landed way harder shots, that other, that guy who's landed harder shots is a whole Hundred percent has won that round. And I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. It was it was definitely close as well. But on kind of a closer inspection, going back, I think I'll even f- favorite more for Ali Quinta. I think the second and third as well. You know, this this was a possible 50-45 for Ali Quinta because th- that second and third were very close. He was Ali Quinta was dominating him on the feet. Um, I, I scored both those rounds, the second and third for um Kevin Lee, but I could see him for Ali Quinta. You know, I think Kevin Lee, especially in the second, the third, especially. Uh, do you I think so? The third, is, yeah, well, he yeah got, because the second uh, yeah. was so uh, the second. Now we had his back for a couple of minutes he did but I think for me in the second I and there was some there was some good elbows and, and yeah, strikes that, there. yeah that was in the second yeah that's why I thought he won more clearly but there was longer time kind of in the second and he was attacking more with the choke as well yeah sorry a longer time in the third he was attacking more with the choke in the third but the second was the strikes I thought he just did, did you thought he did enough in both of them as well didn't you yeah I thought he did enough yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah the, the the second I thought was more clear the third I could see I could see going for Aya Quinta yeah. but I was pretty sure that the, the judges were gonna get were gonna give that round to, yeah. to Lee just because of the the dominance on the goblin. I suppose it's it kind of muddies the the picture now and the title picture in lightweight because obviously Ali Quinta just fought Habib Nurmagomedov and was fairly you know dominant. Uh, yeah. Habib was fairly like dominant. Tony Ferguson. Uh, yeah, like what well, I suppose we're all kind of waiting, seeing out to hear, see what happens with Habib and, and Conor Ali Quinta called out Conor McGregor after uh, the fight, so that could you know that that's unlikely to happen, but it could be you know an interesting fight if it did happen. If McGregor's coming back and fighting contenders, you know, um, Justin Gaethje called out Ali Quinta on Twitter. I just saw that afterwards as well, so that could be another interesting fight. You know, Kevin Lee was kind of the one who was trying to put himself in that talk, you know, because a lot of people thought Kevin Lee was actually a very not a, not a bad matchup for Habib, but a, you know, a, a tough matchup for Habib because he's you know he's a good wrestler, a good striker, and all that. But I think tonight, Chad, he's he still has a lot of work to do to you know to get to that level, and you know maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because if he went in and fought Habib on, on tonight's display, I think he would have got wrongly beaten. But um, you know, for a like winter, there's you know there's lots of, of fun fights Tony. there. Do you think Tony? Do you think that's the fight to make? Yeah, and I think he can beat Tony as well because Tony's very striking is very strange i don't know how to what it is it's just 
and I watch it, I think it's something something wrong, and I don't know if it's unorthodox or if it's just if he comes in there against somebody who can strike like even Lando Vanada or somebody like that. I know I always reference that, but mm-hmm. he he was he's so hittable, and Aya Quinta is is looking the best. I think that's the best he's ever looked. Yeah. Against Lee, there. I know he beat Lee before, but Lee is much better now than he was the first time. And I think uh, I went to talk during the week or a couple of weeks ago about even though he lost it, he was kind of relit the fire in MMA and he was kind of one foot out the door before with the real estate thing, but now he's kind of rededicated himself. So uh, I think he's, I think he's another, like the lightweight division is so stacked, but like the, Edson Barbosa just had a brilliant win as well. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Like, mm-hmm. and there's loads, there's loads, there's loads of good matchups there, but, uh, but, I'd like to see the Tony Ferguson fight. Yeah, you know, it'd be a good fight. And I suppose once this McGregor and Habib thing gets kind of started out, we'll, we'll, we'll know more, I suppose. And obviously there's a lot of fights having to be made for, for early next year because they're kind of still making fights for the first two and three cards of but next if, year. But if, so. if, if you're in the the top of the ranking or close to the top of the rankings of the lightweight division, you can't be waiting for That's Habib true. and Connor. They might... They might well, this kangaroo court thing might happen, might, might be pushed back. Who knows? These things are, are a mess. Mm-hmm. Then they might get banned for several months. Then if they do get banned or even don't get banned, they might fight each other in a rematch and you're not going to fight them anyway. So you can't be sitting around for a year, over a year, waiting on these guys, hoping that they're going to fight you. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Like uh, another thing as well, as we kind of move on to the, the comment event, like lightweight as well, is this is a division I always say it about lightweight. Is you can like you could be one of the best fighters in the world at lightweight, and you could be like you know four and three or something like that, because the division is just full of fucking killers. Like you know, no no one probably imagined Kevin Lee going and lose to Ally Quinta twice, like or Edson Barboza. He goes in and beats Dan Hooker tonight, but how many losses does he have? You know, for for guys like Habib and and Tony to get so many wins in a row, it's abs- it's actually fucking astonishing, and it shows how how good they are as well. Uh, you know, it, but it's just yeah, champions like, like the Sanios and Eddie Alvarez have loads of losses on their on their record like the Sanios I think started in the UFC 2 and 4 mm-hmm. like this, the division is just so stacked and maybe it'll be a little bit less stacked with I don't know I, I just I think it's more 170 guys are going to be dropping out of 165 because guys don't like to move up in weight they prefer to move down so this this lightweight division is just getting more and more stacked like this, I think it's probably the, the most stacked division I don't know this might be a research this a bit more before saying this, but I think it's probably the the most talented activist has ever been in LA. I agree. Yeah, I think it definitely is. And just lo- you know, looking at the guys who are beating each other and looking how many, you know, <coughs> back and forth they kind of are in that division. I, I think it one hundred percent is. And what about the, like this common event between Dan Hooker and Edson Barboza? This was this wasn't the back and forth per se. It was it was a domination really by Edson Barboza. But what a fucking fight! Insanity, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, some of them body shots at the, towards the end, and even during the fight, were absolutely brilliant from Barbosa and the leg kicks early. And Hooker, Hooker's a tough bastard. Like fucking hell, he took some, he took some serious damage to the body, and maybe he needed the ref to step in a bit quicker. But uh, he basically just like fell over into the fetal position in the end, and the ref finally stepped in. Uh, kind of when Daniel Hooker just couldn't couldn't move, move anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this, to me, was one of these fights where a guy comes out with kind of. <laughs> Uh, um, it's hard to say, but uh, like a bad, uh, not a bad game plan, but a game plan that is 
it's going to <laughs> it's going to end badly for him because like he came out basically and said look I have to take shots here from Edson Barboza to land my own shots so I'm going to come in here with my fucking hands down get him to throw hands because I don't really want him to kick me and then I'm going to try to counter him which he did well for, for a lot of the fight but Edson Barboza still kicked him and he kicked the legs out from under him even when he switched stances he, stances, he still kicked the other leg that was just leading yeah. he, you know, he kicked the body the whole time his work to the body tonight was fucking unbelievable especially late he kicked it he threw a few few flying head kicks or um so few flying fucking heel kicks he threw a big head kick at one stage which landed on dan hooker and dan hooker just kept taking it and taking it and taking it this fight how long did this fight go let me just look here this fight went uh two minutes and 19 seconds of the third round i i honestly don't know how dan hooker took all this damage I, yeah. I, I honestly think like that this this might have been one of the most insane um, uh, showings of durability ever in the history of combat sports. Like this guy took f- a fucking hellacious beating over and over and over, mm. just to the body, to the legs, to the head, hands down, trying to come at Barboza, and it in the end Barboza just just like beat him into submission. Like, should this fight have been stopped in the in between rounds after the second? Should have, should they have thrown in the, the towel? Should the ref stopped it earlier? I don't think in between rounds. I think the ref should have stopped it a little bit quicker at the end when he was eating, he ate. I don't know how many strong body kicks and body shots he'd eaten at the end, and he was he was just kind of creased over standing up, uh, and it, it was just. I think, I think was it Cormier was shouting for it yeah, to be stopped Cormier, earlier. Yeah. I think he started shouting a bit a bit too early, but I, I, I maybe that influenced me him shouting that constantly, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, it wasn't like when it's to the body. I don't really worry about it as much. If it was to the head, I'd be, I'd be more worried about it. So it's not really a big deal. I don't think. Yeah, I I think it probably should have been stopped a little bit earlier. I think between rounds it wouldn't have been right as well. I think he'd taken a lot of damage, but I think he could. I can think he could still go on. I was kind of thinking at the time that yeah maybe they should stop this now, but kind of reflecting on it again, I, I I don't know. I think early in the early in the third would have been the time to stop it but still you know you have to hand it to Edson Barboza he came out against a guy like Dan Hooker who took all that damage and was kind of waiting for Edson Barboza to will but Barboza just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and you know kept throwing everything it's you know it's, okay it's it's obviously very hard to go in there and take all that damage and to take all of those shots but it's hard to go in there and give all that those fucking shots as well like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking gas yeah. put behind throwing those big High output kicks, yeah. moves like in spinning attacks and throwing really hard leg kicks and really hard body kicks like you're not just throwing them to land like you're you're throwing them to, f- to finish or to damage um and obviously uh barbosa has gotten tired in the past but this was only a three round fight so he kind of he could go a bit harder a bit early sometimes he can he can be a slow starter uh in the past but in this fight he kind of got into his rhythm early and his hands looked looked a bit better than usual. Maybe that was, as you mentioned, because Hooker was have to, had his hands down trying to trying to get Barbosa to throw hands, and it didn't really work. It didn't really work out, and he he didn't really change his game plan. He he kind of tried to stick to it, and, even though it wasn't working, which is obviously a bad idea. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Ke- Kevin Lee actually beat Barbosa in his last fight. Which looking at those fight two fights tonight, we'd be th- kind of thinking, how the fuck did that happen? But <laughs> it did, and you know he lost to Habib in the fight before, and yeah. you know it, it's uh, lightweight is just so insane. Like that these guys just keep going back and forth, beating yeah. each other all the time, and you know, but, like you have a slightly off day against somebody who's really, really good everywhere. Like, you, or you make a, just a small mistake, or a couple mm-hmm. of small mistakes, and you you make a game planning mistake, or. A mistake in your training or a mistake in your weight cut or you make a little mistake and 
in uh, with so many really top level guys, you, you can end up losing a couple, or like as you say, you can. I don't know. You can you can be like you can be on top one minute, and then you can be two and two and four in your in your last six fights really quickly. Like mm-hmm. people like Anthony Pettis or Benson Henderson or guys who are on top. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. But like that, that division, I suppose, as, as we kind of mentioned, it's going to be it's going to be tough to see where it go, kind of goes next. And I suppose we know uh, early next year. Another lightweight fight on, on the card, Charles Oliveira versus Jim Miller. I remember, I don't know what we talked about on the podcast last week or yeah, just we on did, over yeah. the phone. Yeah, you were kind of saying that it would go this way. It wasn't really surprising how it went in the end, was it? Yeah, it kind of went exactly how you expected to go. Like, but uh, it was still very impressive. Like, it was uh, when Oliveira looks good, he looks good. Like, when he... When he looks bad, <laughs> when he loses, he looks bad. But uh, this time, this time he did a good job. So he, Miller, like, he's just he's not he's not the same fighter he was, or he, maybe he is the same fighter he was. But the MMA's moved on so much, or combination of both. Uh, he's just. He, He's just nowhere near top level now. So he had that one win. Work. He had that one win over Alex fight. Alex White in his last fight, actually, back in in yeah. September. And then he, you know he lost what four in a row before that, and it kind of it brought him back a little bit. And people thought maybe oh, there's a little bit of a little bit more fighting him. But I think that, that he probably should have retired after that fight. You know, you'd love to see a guy gone out in a, in a win like that. And but coming back, they, again, they never do. No, but they they never do. But he he looks now to be after night like that's a fight he would have. Maybe, you know, I, I did. They fought. They fought before, didn't they? And I think Miller won. Like that. That's a fight. I was gonna say that's a fight. He pro- he probably would have won before, and he did fuck him with him before. Like so, um, you know, it's you're a freaking genius, you idiot. <laughs> I am. I am. A, let me just check that now. Hold on. Let me go back and look. Uh, yeah, he did. He won him from knee bar UFC one twenty four. Jeez, that was eight years ago, almost to the day, the eleventh of yeah. December. So that's fucking. That's madness, like to to think that. But yeah, look, it's probably time for Jim Miller. Probably won't hang up the boots, though. But you you'd love to 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 see him do it. But the boots, the boots, yeah, whatever. Uh, Rob Font uh, against Sergio Pettis as well. The other the other main card fight. It was just Sergio Pettis is is too small. Rob Font is just a better fighter than him as well. I think. Uh, just used his lint very very well. Sergio Pettis kind of came on a little bit landed a few right hands over the top as as Font started getting a, a little bit tired I think Font realised at the start he kind of had to take the fight away from, from Pettis because he didn't want him kind of coming good in the end and giving him an, an advantage early so you know Font managed to get a few takedowns in the last couple of rounds as well yeah just not, not. It was a good performance by by Font, but Pettis just looks way oversized, doesn't he? At, at Under, 135. undersized. Undersized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pettis, like he just he hasn't really developed like you, you kind of would expect him to de- to have developed. Like when he was on the regional scene or on the local or on the smaller shows before he's in the UFC, he was he was looking really good. I think he was still undefeated, and he came into the UFC and upper division and kind of struggled and. When he went there to one twenty five, he he looked he looked a lot better. But now he now he's gone back up for some reason. Uh, it's not I don't know if it's a size thing. Maybe he just hates weight cuts, or I don't understand. It's it's, it's well, well, the divisions there. You should you should fight in it because it might not be there for much longer. Yeah, that's that is true. Uh, 
And the maybe the UFC have sent him to move up. Probably. Sounds like, sounds like they have. He lost a couple of fights down there as well, so maybe that's another reason to do it for him, and maybe he's just preempting all of it, but but who knows? Yeah, it was good good way to start from this fight. They want, do you want to fight this guy at 135 in your hometown? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, true that, true that. Uh, the undercard in, Drakkar Close versus Bobby Green. It was, it was a good fight, a close fight. I don't want to use the pun, but it was a close fight. I thought it was just about right. I, I think most people actually had it for, for Bobby Green. I might, you know, I might have to go back and watch that again, but probably won't because uh, it was a it was a good enough fight though. But I, I don't think you can give out about that too much. Uh, Jack Ramanson yeah. had I it. I talked closer yeah. one as well. PJ, yeah, I, I did as well. Jack Ramanson had an unbelievably good uh, submission uh, with with a guillotine and that he like I always say it before he fights he, and and before actually someone else fought there a couple of weeks ago. Jack who Marshman. I thought, Jack Marshman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was actually. Jack I was Ramanson like, uh, you're like I'm a big fan. I was just like I didn't say anything. I was like, <laughs> just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Never talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay then. Yeah, but Jack Robinson, anyway, fair play to coming out looking like a flyweight and beating the shit out of Gerald Marshart here, taking him down, beating him up, guillotining him. Brilliant, brilliant performance. That's our auto fight. Tell us about that. I, I was watching the Katie Taylor fight during that, so I didn't see it, but it was a bad decision. Was it? But, uh, yeah, it was a really <laughs> bad fight. Uh, I know it was about. a short notice fight put together, but. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible fight and it was a bad decision as well, but it's not what we're talking about. It was it was bad. Anything else from the undercard? Did you see the the uh, under anything from the undercard there that you want to talk uh, about? Yeah, Joaquin Silva and Jared Gordon was a really really good fight. Uh, back and forth war, crazy crazy fight uh, to start. Jared Gordon looked like he was going to win it easily enough. He was landing, he was landing a lot and damage damaging shots. But at the, towards the end of the round, I think Silva started landing a bit more and got a takedown. And I think he went for a submission. I, I can't remember exactly if that was the first round, but I think I think it was. Um, and uh, it was a really really good first round. Second round, I think both of them were, were a bit tired at the start, but it, it, the round picked up. And I think again, uh, Silva ended up on top. And in in the, in in the third round, it was it was it was back and forth again, and Silva got the got the TKO. Standing, standing finish wasn't it? it yeah, was, I think the ref could have stopped it earlier, even though he didn't drop. But I think the cage was kind of keeping him up, and he maybe took one or two or two or three shots he, he didn't he he shouldn't have taken because the ref was kind of standing in the middle of the, the cage for some reason instead of up near the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought he should have stopped it maybe four or five, six punches earlier. You could see he was out like after he, he hit him once really hard and he kind of put him up against the cage and was like, "Oh, is he, is he done?" And then he hit him twice more. I was like, "Oh, he's done now. This is over." And then the ref was like miles away and he hit him with maybe two or three more shots and he kind of um he pulled away it in and then the ref kind of went in and stopped it because he kind of half pulled away. It was like the referee was kind of waiting for the fighter to stop it more than the referee fighting. And I, th- I think it was you know all respect to who, who was it again? What's his name? J- Jack himself. Against uh, I've clicked off it here, but anyway, Jared um, Gordon, Jared Gordon, Jack himself was the one who pulled away. Yes, yeah, so all respect to him for kind of pulling it away and not putting too much damage on him. But yeah, it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely bad bad refereeing. Um, all right, there was a couple more fights over the weekend. I'm just actually looking at my phone here. Liam McGeary just uh, knocked out Mohamed um, Lowell and your your boy, your wrestling coach in the in the third round here. So we'll have to go back and watch that. And uh, the rest of that her card uh, is on at the moment. But the other Belter card here at the weekend. Um, AJ McKee looked absolutely phenomenal again. Did you, yeah. did you see that fight? Anaconda Shock looked really good. Yeah, yeah, it was a really nice finish. Uh, not an easy opponent. Crawford, Crawford's a good guy, but looked good too from the start. You know, for the yeah. two minutes he was in it. 
Uh, Jim McKee's got bags of potential. Like uh, he, he's come through a couple of adverse, uh, a bit of adversity against Brian Moore and in in other fights. Like so, he, he's shown that he can he can tough it out as well. As, and he's got some, he's got some funky grappling, which is unorthodox grappling that's that's hard to deal with. And he obviously he's 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 a finisher as well. But when you give him when you give him a chance, he he'll lock in a a nice choke like he like he did there. So he's got bags of potential. It's it's, it's <laughs> It's it's hard to know where where any of these guys that are outside the UFC are in unless you can test them against guys in the UFC. When there's for AJ McKee, like who's who's he really gonna fight next? Mm-hmm. You know who who can he prove himself against? You know in the lightweight division, there's Mike Chandler. So if you can go in there and beat Mike Chandler, then you can re- you can really kind of prove yourself. But in a lot of the Bellator divisions, there isn't that guy. Yeah, and even if there is, like, a lot of people don't really even know who they are anyway. Like, if you're going against one of the Pitbull brothers or stuff. No, okay, I've not well, seen when Mike Chandler walks into Dave and Buster's. Yeah. That's real footage. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. But, like, do you think that's a thought for someone like an AJ McKee or an Aaron Peak or some? Like, they can't really become stars in be. Bellator, can they? they like, it's it's got to be. Yeah. Like, um, you're, like, it's very, like, has there ever been a star from no. Bellator? No, no. There, there can't really be because they're, they're I, I, you know, they're always going to be the second brand, like always. It's, it's just, you know, unless, unless fucking, you know, Mark Cuban buys them or something that decides to put fucking hundred million into it or something like that. They're, they're always just going to be the second brand, like, and that's just a, that's just a fact of life, and it's, it's impossible to, to get to be a huge star because they're always kind of. You know they're the second. They're the second kind of promotion. Imagine like if if you had a former UFC champion, a former UFC heavyweight champion, probably the best uh, featherweight <coughs> prospect in the world. Maybe him and Zabit, maybe the, the two best featherweight prospects in the world. And you had the, your lightweight champion like, rematching a guy who beat him all in one card. And there's no one really talking about it. You know, and it's in Hawaii, the first time we've ever had a, had a card in Hawaii. And you did a great job of actually promoting that card to make it look like a different event and everything. I think Bellator did a great job with this. But there wasn't really that much buzz in it. You know, I kind of showed up and it was like, oh, AJ McKee's about to fight. And I was like, fuck, I better look for a stream to watch it. You know, it was, it was one yeah. of those things. There wasn't that many people talking about it. So how are you going to become a star from that? Like, I don't, I just, you know, I really, I don't think it's possible. But look, hopefully AJ McKee can, can go on, win a few more fights. And maybe the UFC pay him a lot of money and he comes over there when, when he gets out of contract. But I suppose we, we, we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Frank Mir then went in and lost to Javi Ayala. Tip, tapped to blood in his eyes and he lost his mouth guard as well and didn't want to get his teeth broken or something like that. But I, I think he was on his way to losing that anyway. He had been winning uh, at the start, almost submitted uh, Ayala. Well, he didn't almost submit him, I suppose. But when, you know, when Frank Mir is down there and he almost has uh, a Kimura, it's it's as good as almost submitting him. But Ayala did a good job of defending and everything. But came on in the second in, Mir looked tired and he beat him uh, pretty comprehensively. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Mir's worst performance ever, I don't think. But it's not the fighter he used to be, is it? No, he's been around for a long time, and he's had injuries, and maybe his heart isn't really in it anymore. Um, I think if if that was a big UFC fight, he, he probably wouldn't have wouldn't have called it quits called it quits there at that stage in the fight. But maybe he's thinking more about his, you know making money now than he chasing titles, and he, even if it is a title, it's a Bellator title, but it doesn't mean that much to him after he was the UFC champion a couple of times. Mm-hmm. 100% yeah and in the main event Michael Chandler beat uh, Brent Primus in a, in a fight that was like 
a fantastic fight for like seven minutes and then it just turned into Michael Chandler taking him down and riding him out and not really landing much. I think I, I think it was Herb Dean refereeing this fight. I don't think he did a great job. I think I think there was three or four times in that fight where he could have stood it up. And I wouldn't be a great one. Though, I don't like yeah, I don't like I don't stand, either, but stand ups unless a guy is like actively doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, he really wasn't doing much, you know, he was kinda of just he was kinda of just sitting there. I suppose it he it was one of those fights as well where he just you know, it felt like Primus could actually knock him out if they got in the feet because he had the power advantage. But it felt like Chandler could knock him out as well because he was landing more shots and he had, you know, he hits hard as well. But for me, though, Michael Chandler, I just, I don't think Michael Chandler is what he used to be. Like I don't think Primus is, is a great fighter. You know, that first fight, he, he probably should have never had the belt. You know, he it happened with the kind of he hurt his leg and it was very unfortunate. You know, it was and, and okay, Primus did it to him or whatever, but it was it was pretty unfortunate. I think everyone kind of acknowledges that Michael Chandler is a better fighter, but I think Chandler a few years ago would have would have beaten Primus in that fight pretty badly and would have finished him off. I think Luke Thomas kind of said it as well that, you know, he, he tweeted it that he should have been kind of more active and, and landing more shots and I think I think that's right. Now, you can't, I'm, I'm not criticising for Chandler for taking him down and winning the fight where he knew he could win it and taking himself out of danger 100% but I, I just think I don't think he quite has that spark he used to have that, you know, when he fought Eddie Alvarez, when those two guys were two of the best lightweights in the world. Like, I think it happens with a lot of guys, though, like when, when they take less risks as they as they go on, they kind of, uh, as they train and fight more, they, they become kind of more defensive, defensively sound, and that, that involves not throwing as much or not, maybe not risking the position to throw bigger strikes. Um. I don't know. I can't. I don't, I don't know what age Michael Chandler is, but he's, he's got a lot of experience, a lot of cage time, like a lot of minutes in there. The two fights with Eddie Alvarez, like, were, were he took a lot of damage. He gave a lot of damage, but he took a lot of damage as well. Like over the years in the gym, he'd be taking damage and also just putting in a lot of work and wear and tear, and also just getting more, 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 more defensively sound and not, not, not taking unnecessary risks when you have an easy man of the victory of. Repeat, repeatedly taking the guy down. Mm-hmm. 100% definitely. Sorry. Like John Jones even, like, you know, yeah. Connor, all these guys, like, were more flashy Pettis, like all these guys when they're when they when they young and up, up and coming, they're, GSP as they're more the, flashy. The yeah, GSP, though, yeah. loads of them, like all of them nearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyron Woodley, yeah, they're, they're kind of all are, I suppose, you know, you can't blame them for it, it's the smart way to go about it, I suppose, yeah, definitely, but, uh, alright, let's move on. When you're going to be a five-round yeah. fight as well, you kind of got to be conserve more energy as well. That is true, that is 100% true. Let's talk about, continue to talk about Bellator, uh, as they announced this week, that the Jimmy Show is coming to the Tree Arena <laughs> on the 23rd of February Good to see a big car coming back to Ireland. Isn't obviously Bellator coming for I don't know what number it is actually off off the top of my hand, but they're coming to Three Arena in Dublin, February twenty fourth. Your, I think your it's birthday, two one eight. Yeah, my birthday. Yeah, very good. Should be should be fun. Yeah, should we? I don't know if it's a good thing that it's on my birthday or not. I think it's not a good thing. I think I prefer not to be. Why not? Book into the book into the Gibson. There, we'll go in and drink drink pints for about eight hours afterwards. It'll be great fun. I don't know, but I'm I like I don't know. I'm, I haven't decided on anything. But I might want to do something else for my birthday. But just just go, go like go the day before, or go the day after. Like get over for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't know. Your birthday doesn't come on a weekend all that often. Like and when it does, fucking Bellator come along. Yeah, but sure. Look, you'll have a good time. You'll be able to ah, see me anyway. Just moaning. Yeah, you are moaning. You, it wouldn't be you if you were fucking weren't fucking moaning anyway. Ah, you're fuck at off. It. You're always at it. But um, <laughs> there was actually a question in here. Stephen Graham, do you know much about James Garner's opponent in in the? The main event, Stephen Graham. Well, I just looked. At, I hadn't heard of him until uh, until he got announced. And I just looked at his um, his record, and okay, uh, you look at him straight away. He's six and three, but 
he's won his five of his last, or he's won his last five in a row after he, he was one and three in, in his start of his career. So he's had all wins, but the guys he's fighting there, like what, two and 16, one and three, four and five, three and oh, nine and 14. So, and he, he's submitting these guys with guillotines and rear naked chokes. I haven't seen the guy. It's hard to know a guy just from looking at his record and looking at his opponents. And he did beat these guys easily and all in the first round except for one in the second round. So maybe he's maybe he's a completely different fighter than he was back in twenty sixteen when he was when he was when he was one and three. Mm-hmm. But I suspect that James Gallagher's Gallagher's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, jitsu is uh, is better and he's got more experience. And this is the first big show for for this guy. Like he's been fighting on Walkout FC, which I haven't even heard of, and and. Carden combat sports too you know he's not fighting in these big shows so you think that this is a nice one for James Gallagher but you never really know when, when you haven't seen a guy yeah like I think the thing about it is this fight would probably be a, be a grand fight if it wasn't the main event you know James Gallagher just lost to Ricky Bendejas uh, you know c- coming back he's, he's still a young fighter what is he like 8-1 eight, 7-1 eight or something like that coming back against a matchup like yeah, this and, yeah this, this is kind of what Bellator do so it'd make uh, lots of sense for them I suppose but to have it as the main event it's definitely a bit weird but I suppose who you're going to put as the main event uh, like like I think the, the the conventional wisdom is that Irish people like Irish people fighting in the main event, and I suppose you know that's kind of proven to be true back, uh, back in the day. And you know they obviously want they wanted Norman Park to fight Vincent Henderson, and he didn't take that fight. He didn't, uh, which he said himself over over on Twitter, he didn't want that fight. Uh, at the moment he wanted to get two or three and didn't get that fight, which is you know fair enough. But maybe that would have been the main event uh, if if they hadn't. But yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about that either. But that that's only me kind of thinking now but yeah look I think Benson Henderson probably would have been main event just because you can run ads and he's recognised probably more than James Gallagher by US audiences and like the, the Stephen Graham if if it was a guy maybe an older guy that people have vaguely heard of like even like a, I know he's already fought him but it's Shinzo Machida where you can it would have made more sense but I think James Gallagher is the is the most the fighter that people are most interested in the better have on their books, Irish guy. The better have on their books, and if they want to make an Irish guy the main event, it does make sense from that point. That from that side of things to put James Gallagher as the main event. Yeah, and obviously there's going to be a lot of Irish guys and and. On the undercard and the main card as well, because they've you know they've basically signed everyone. I was talking to Richard Kiley a few weeks ago at Cage Legacy, and he said they're you know that he's you know probably going to be on that card, and that, that's kind of the date he's shooting for with no opponent yet. And obviously Peter Quayley uh, against Miles Price has been announced. You'd probably think you know Norman Park is going to be on that on that card. I, I even see Brian Moore saying, "Well, oh, no, I hope to get back from my my broken hands in in time." But he you know he it's unlikely, but you never know. And you know Will Flory, I think I saw him tweeting about it as well. Yeah, and Paul Redmond is fighting. Paul Levy or yeah. Leary, isn't he? Yeah, so, so you know some good fights coming up. But that, what do you think of that Miles Price uh, Peter Quilly fight as well? That should be fun. Yeah, I think um, Miles Price talked himself into this no- nicely with mm-hmm. the interview he did and training with be before the McGregor fight, and it'll, it'll add a bit of extra interest to this and probably make it um, probably probably make it a, a lot more interesting to the to the the casual fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it's gonna be interesting to see what the crowd is like and if if Bellator want to sell out the whole arena or want to want to try uh, the four or five thousand with the curtain and stuff like we, we were at KSW when they uh, they had a massive crowd and it was really loud and maybe if Bellator included a couple of Polish guys on his card it 
it could be the same. Good shout. But yeah. I don't I don't know if they have any Polish guys on their on their on their books. But uh, uh, I think I saw one of the questions was or somebody sent in a question about it, it, they haven't been to a live MMA show before. Should they go, or is it better to watch at home, or something along those lines? Yeah, yeah, over on Twitter. Yeah, I'll pull it up in a minute. And yes, and like it's actually better to watch at home usually, 100%. like unless it's a big show where the atmosphere is ever it's a full crowd and everybody's up for it and going crazy. And this, if if they make the right fights and put put a couple of Polish guys on this card as well, Polish guys people have heard over vaguely heard over have potential or a good record. Then this could this could be a really good show to go to, but we'll wait and see which fights which fights are added to the card. Like there's what only like three or four fights in so far, and these Bellator cards usually what 14, 15 fights. So there's a lot of fights still to come. Yeah, like my advice to you if you've never been to a fight for Irish underscore or Irish MMA one nine four. I saw over on Twitter. Like if you've never been to a, a live fight for, definitely go. You know. Like if you've been to ten before, you know you're probably better off watching them. But Bellator won't be on television, so definitely go. <laughs> so with Bellator, there's only one option, so definitely go. But uh, yeah, I definitely under you know tell you to go on. The best place to stand is sit as well is don't get like front row seats. They're just a waste of money. And you can't see as well. Just go back like halfway up, like the first uh, the first level or whatever. That's the best place to see. You can look straight down at it. the UFC when uh, McGregor fought Brando. That's where I was. I think it was like twenty rows back or something. 16 rows back it's absolutely the perfect view because you're looking kind of straight down at it so it's definitely the best place to watch and you know this this be a good card as well there's obviously a lot of you know a lot of Irish guys on the card and you know myself and Graham will hopefully be there as well if Belter or credential us <laughs> after we talk shit about them non-stop for the last year but we'll continue to do that as well if they don't want to credential us they can they can fuck off in the words of Conor McGregor but um yeah it should be it should be uh it should be fun anyway um what else have I written down here that we have to talk about 11 sports the 11 sports deal yeah. has been cancelled BT sports it was good while it lasted oh, uh, actually, the one thing about this as well is, well, if people actually, I saw a few people kind of asking about it and they didn't realize. So I'll tell you exactly what happened. Uh, um, Eleven Sports and UFC obviously signed a deal a while back that all the UFC uh, would be on Eleven Sports come the first of January. It turns out last week that there was a clause written into that deal that Eleven Sports had to have a television distributor by the first of December uh, to obviously you know have their channel on TV like you'd see BT or on Sky or like MTV you know you can get them on Sky or Virgin or you know all, all the different channels you can get them there Discovery Channel whatever but they didn't manage to get that so the only place you could watch Eleven Sports was on their app or on their website so they weren't on television by the first of December therefore the UFC had that clause in the contract so they were able to pull out then they went into discussions with BT Sport were able to hash out a deal and now they're back on BT Sports um, for uh, starting the 1st of January obviously they're still going to be there as well the, the Gustafson uh, John Jones fight will also be there and for the uh, it's a multi-year contract so it'll be there for the next few years one thing though I emailed uh, the UFC to just get clarification on this you know when it was going to 11 Sports there were all the events were going to be on 11 Sports but the ability to uh, sell a few of the big fight night cards or a big few of the big pay-per-view cards in america so they could be pay-per-view here whether it be on sky sports box office or bt sports uh box office that's still the case with bt sports so if bt sports want to put let's say mcgregor fights a uh, gsp and they say you know people in ireland and the uk would buy this they can put that on box office uh they didn't tell me how many they're planning on doing they didn't tell me if they are planning on doing any but that's just the case as well but i, I don't think there should be too many of them overall though 
this is really good for us, isn't it? You know, that 11 sports thing, if we had to watch it on an app, had to watch it on a computer, it was going to be a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Personally, for me, I probably just usually watch um, big pay-per-views on a, on a stream now anyway because there's so many ads on BT and they, they botch all the interviews and and all that stuff. So if it's a if it's like a, a TV card, I'll, I'll watch on, I don't really mind what I watch it on, but I'll usually stream a pay-per-view anyway, so... Really? It doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really affect me. But I can. I can understand. It, it's strange that Eleven Sport couldn't get on TV because there's so many channels on on Sky Digital and UPC or what's it called now, Virgin Media. Uh, I think the, whatever I, it's called. I think their issue was that you know they didn't want to just get on another channel. They wanted to get their own channel on those you know th- those platforms and those platforms didn't want to put them in because they're their competitors really basically like the BT and Sky now are no longer competitors they've kind of joined together you know and they're going to be sharing Premier League games and stuff so they're they've kind of they have huge power now to you know to, to kind of fight against these and they don't want 11 sports taking over you know they already have the Spanish football and the Italian football looks like it's go- they're going to lose them now because it looks like they're going to go out of business and, and Sky or BT are going to get them back so look it's it's kind of worked for Sky and BT they've, they've taken away they've you know they've not given them the platform that they needed really and it looks like it's going to work for them um, and i suppose that's why they, they kind of did it but like for me personally you know, it, is the ufc valuable at all though to bt really like to bt not really but it's valuable to them because they can get rid of 11 sports you know i think it would be very valuable to 11 sports because look how many people are going to sign up to, to watch ufc and i know like watching for for bt sports let's say you know 50,000 people watching on BT Sport or let, let's say 100,000 people watching on BT Sports on, on replay and everything and you know they, they'll get a, lot, a good bit of money for, for the ads or whatever for that but not too much money but say like imagine 30,000 of those 100,000 people go to 11 Sports and they sign up for the 70 quid a year or their 5 or a month or whatever you know that's a good bit of money and that's a lot of subscribers for a, kind of an upstart thing like them and you know you might get more and more then as you go along if they get you know if they, they can put money back in and maybe get a few Premier League games and stuff they, you know they'll open up and up it so it was a big thing for them I, obviously the, you know the Spanish football I don't think it's a thing many people would actually sign up for you know they'd kind of just say oh, no. fuck it I won't bother watching it you know uh, and I think like I, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago so Spanish football is kind of it's been like it hasn't existed anymore over here is it I don't like it I never hear about it never hear about Real it. Madrid and Barcelona are playing you hear about it a bit but a bit better. like yeah but that, that is definitely about it so it's it's, it's shocking 11 sports just hasn't worked at all hasn't taken off we are, we are way behind America I think when it comes to streaming and stuff like that it's still very much television here i think uh, and it's it's brilliant for the ufc because of that you for me if you're not on a channel that doesn't have prim, that has premier league uh, or uh, you know big rugby or whatever that but mostly premier league you're going backwards and they're on a channel with premier league with bt sports bt sports are going to have the premier league for the foreseeable future as well and for them to be on that channel is huge because i think uh, sports fans and MMA fans are more similar in Ireland and the UK than they are in America so it's, I think it's a very different kind of culture here and a very different uh, landscape as well so so it's very good for that and also just the fact you know for, for someone like me uh, you know and for a lot of people well not, not someone like me actually for a lot of people who wouldn't watch the fights live you know it's going to be a lot easier to go on kind of your Sky Plus and watch the fight in the morning rather than you know pulling up the stream and how far in you want to forward on to get to the fight and everything like that you know it can be it's just a pain in the arse sometimes that. like it's easier to pull it up in your Sky and just watch it that way so I think it's it's good all around for the fans it's good for everyone you know if you're a soccer fan as well you won't have to be paying for BT Sports and 11 Sports and all that so you just have the one again and uh, you, everything stays as it is change is not good in the famous words <laughs> uh, who said that? Sort of thing. yeah exactly there you go um, 
What else have we to talk about? UFC 223 was moved. It's uh, no longer happening. TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Suda was now moved to the... 233. Two, three, what did I say? 223? Two, yeah, 233. Two, three. It's fucking half four in the morning, so excuse me that one. But yeah, that's not happening either. So, uh, look, these things happen in MMA. Um, <laughs> they certainly do. <laughs> they certainly do. Who's a sport killer this time? <laughs> yeah, it was. Is it, is it Greg Jackson again? No, it's probably probably that yeah, evil probably, Greg Jackson. <laughs> probably is Greg Jackson. He's uh, in his uh, what's what what did uh, Donald Stoney call it? His puppy puppy. What do you call it? Puppy mill. There you go. That's it. When all these young fighters come <laughs> through, sure these things these things happen. One FC as well got um, a US TV deal with TNT, which I believe. They were kind of honey dicking us a little bit, saying they're on TNT, which is a big honey channel. dicking. Are you fucking Brendan Shaw over there? <laughs> I am, I am. But uh, well, I was actually using that before Brendan Shaw, so he can fuck off. He stole it from me. He stole something else from me as well. Oh yeah, the, the big breakdown. Remember, I was doing that years ago. And now he's doing it. The big, big brown breakdown. Oh, that was mine. Should he rob that from me? That's different. Yeah, kind of is. But <laughs> um, yeah, one <laughs> uh, FC are going to be on like BR Live. I don't know if that Bleacher Report or for something else, but it's like a streaming thing as well. Anyway, for them. So yeah, look, fair play to them. One FC are making their moves. Uh, it'll be interesting, you know, interesting times ahead with them to see uh, see what they can do. You know, with say Jarkod and, and Demetrius, Mighty Mouse Johnson, and Eddie Alvarez, and all that. So, you know, fair play to them. And the more uh, the more that stuff is on TV, the, the better. And I suppose, you know, I, obviously I, I mention him a lot, but you know, I listen to Dave Meltzer's podcast and stuff, and he's the, the expert in, in TV and stuff like that. And you know, he's always talking about how it's kind of easier now to get big TV deals than ever was before for, you know, MMA and wrestling and everything like that because live TV is absolutely huge uh, and live sport even because, you know, if you're watching, let's say... The only thing people watch live is they're going to watch on the internet. Like, nobody's going to watch Game of Thrones live. Like, they're going to probably record it and watch it back or watch it on a stream or, you know, wait till the end of the season and watch it in a box set or, you know, whatever, you know, Big Bang Theory or whatever shit you want to watch, like... Just because of ads and shit as well. Exactly. even, even Even if you didn't have... Even if you were sitting at home... And it was on. You might be like, "Oh, let's watch it." So I don't want to put up the ads. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, look, uh, you know, and and that's why people like One FC are getting big money, uh, you know, thrown into them because they see these TV deals and they see the huge money that the UFC and the WWE have got. And you know, there's this new pro elite uh, wrestling as well, or all elite wrestling that's supposed to be coming up. And they're another ones who could get big money as well. So you know, you're looking at the likes of Cage Warriors as well, who I believe are looking for a new deal coming up. And that's you know that's that's going to be that's going to be big for them. But uh, there's actually a question here, kind of along that yeah, as well. Bellator can't even get on TV. Exactly. That that's the question. As we get into our Patreon here, if you want to sign up for Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. If you actually, if you're a twenty dollars subscriber as well, please send us in uh, your topics over the next couple of days because uh, myself and Graham want to go on the beer over We're Christmas. Send Sean a load of rewatches instead. <laughs> do do not do that. Uh, ben Askren's career. <laughs> Please, no, just, why would you give someone, <laughs> why, why would you Edgy. put that out there, why would you put that into theater? why I hate you so much, like, why, someone's gonna do that now, you fucking dickhead, I'm, I'm editing this out, fucking prick, but anyway, sign up, severemail.com forward slash points, you'll find us there, it's only like a five a month, we've had a few people actually sign up this week, so uh, very appreciative of that, thanks very much, first question here on Along the Lines from Shane M, do you think Bellator and BT Sport can reach a broadcast deal in 2019, are the chances of that gone with the UFC deal, yeah there was lots to talk about this wasn't there, Bellator getting on mm. BT Sport, but that's gone now it's say isn't it, yeah I think Bellator are never going to be on TV <laughs> never, that's <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> giving up <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's <laughs> oh, fuck him. Fuck him. Telling what? Like, I was watching it last night on a shitty stream, like, oh, 320p, so right? And I was like, why can't these fuckers just put it on YouTube? Like, 
It's nobody, oh, so no, annoying. not one person in the whole fucking world is watching that next Saturday week or whenever the fuck it's going to be on. No, not one person. There's zero. I've looked up the ratings. There's zero people <laughs> watching. I haven't actually. <laughs> but like, why? Why can't they just put it on fucking YouTube? Charges two euro each. Oh, surely, so like, it wouldn't be an easy way to make fucking 40 grand or something. Like, surely, you know, 20 people or, you know, 20,000 people or 10,000 people watch or something. Come on, boys. Fuck's sake. But anyway. William Dugdale, <laughs> which European prospect has the highest ceiling and why? Jack Shore, Fabian Edwards, Nathaniel Wood, Reese McKee, Roberto Saldic. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> Fabian Edwards? Yeah, I, I'd agree as well. I, although I think all those guys are really good. Uh, I haven't seen that much of Saldic. I've seen a, a bit of him, but I see Sean Dini talking here. He says Saldic because he's he's really good, but I suppose he's kind of the furthest moving along. I was actually watching a bit of Saldic this week because we were doing up the... I was doing up the nominations and he looks uh, he looks really good but I, I agree Fabian Edwards just looks top top level uh, Evan Keaveney TG Cahar had 280,000 viewers for a boxing card in Castle Bar last week do you think Bellator Dublin could do a similar number or better numbers given the, the right platform sure gone TG Cahar Bellator what about that you said two minutes ago they'd never mm. get on TV but what about TG Cahar that, that, that'd be a good fit wouldn't it although did the Bellator even know <laughs> Ireland's a country did I think it's just the UK no it's part of the UK isn't it? yeah, I thought it was Coker well, said. yeah I thought well. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. There's kind of like a more built-in culture of watching boxing yeah, in, in Ireland. But TG Carroll, like, does anybody even watch that anymore? Like, I'm, I'm shocked by them numbers. Yeah, Spike O'Sullivan was on it though, and he's people seem to know yeah. him and like him and stuff. So that that was probably the reason for that. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know if they could get on TG Carroll, be fucking deadly, brilliant to do it. Uh, Sean Dini, how important is it for us to fill out the tree arena for Bellator? I think it is pretty important. You know, MMA fans need to support MMA in the country. You know, if you want to see MMA coming back and improve cards all the time, you definitely need to support it. You know, you know we talk a lot of shit about Bellator, but Bellator put on a lot of good fights. You know, they're putting on a lot of Irish fights yeah. over the last We're few years. We're talking about them from the perspective of them being the second biggest MMA company exactly. in the world, like mm-hmm. and being a TV company owned by a TV like a company and just how ridiculous the whole thing is. It is, yeah. It's not that they're, they're not doing good things and uh, uh, like they're not giving... F- like fighters good good pay for for fights which fighters deserve and a lot of cars a lot of uh, fight promotions give terrible money and belts are much needed in the in the MMA business but if you're going to be trying to challenge the UFC or try to be a huge MMA company you just need to sort out these simple things and not take absolutely half a decade to sort it out it's ridiculous yeah agreed last two questions <laughs> I love the way five minutes ago I'm I tried sick not to talk about, about it. it but it is fucking it's so annoying <laughs> they brought me by just think I'm out and then I got drawn right back in uh, Jack Romanson from Chandy what's his ceiling very very skillful can he get much higher than his current level I, I think it's it's tough because he's he's such a good one round fighter he can beat anyone in the world in that first round he's so good but if you can get through that first round he, he it's because of his style he just gets so tired after 7 minutes and look if that's his style that's his style but if if like if Jack Romanson could become like the best cardio machine in the world just put him on fucking EPO for two years and just <laughs> blow him up hide him in the middle of fucking Sahara or someone so no one can test him and bring him back that man would beat fucking everyone because he's you know he's really really good but I think there is a ceiling when you fight that way it's 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 very tough you know but uh, you never know you never know if he can change up a few things I think he has the skills very very athletic you know fast powerful and everything for, for middleweight so uh, yeah I, I think uh, I think he could go far uh, Bigger Nicholson friend of the podcast great man 
Uh, what about uh, I write a question before the fight about Kevin Lee potentially being the best lightweight and how well he matches with Aviv and a to- and rematch with Tony? <laughs> yeah, that didn't age well. <laughs> well, they're bigger fair play, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, look, you can still argue them things. It's it's not the end of the road for for Kevin Lee at all. I'm sure you know. I'm sure he'll be back. Obviously, tonight wasn't wasn't a great night for him, but you know, there's there's still a lot of potential there for Kevin Lee, definitely. Yeah, he's got loads of potential, but it was, uh, you know, maybe it's just a style thing, or, or I don't, I don't think he's <laughs> upper echelon. But I don't think he. Uh-huh. Kevin Lee. Yeah, no, I was just going ho ho because you said upper echelon. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> and uh, like in maybe in any other division or most of the divisions he would be upper echelon but it's just such we talked about it earlier it's just such a stacked division there's just so many good guys mm-hmm. yeah 100% yeah and look as I said New Year will we'll, we'll definitely tell a lot and speaking of the New Year happy Christmas happy New Year to everyone thanks for your continued support throughout the whole year we, we really appreciate all of you especially people happy holidays on, especially the people over on Patreon the rest of you are only fucking pricks there's like 10,000 a year there that never signed up but everyone on Patreon sound, <laughs> sound anyway money joking if, uh, if you're not signed up on Patreon we appreciate you too we we enjoy the conversation we enjoy the the questions that come in and we enjoy everyone listening and we can hopefully bring you a bit of uh, a bit of happiness and a bit of joy to your life every sunday or monday or as it goes now fucking saturday <laughs> so or uh, well i guess it's sunday but it's saturday night anyway um thanks everyone for listening as i said we'll be back hopefully we'll be back next week if we're not we'll be back the week after anyway you're looking uh, forward to the match are you i'm not oh god what, what you think we, we did a podcast with ken early which was actually a very good podcast i sent out to a few of my friends and they were very impressed with it. It, was, it was good fun over on patreon if you haven't heard it yet and you're getting up just before the liverpool man united match sign up on patreon and listen to myself and graham talk to ken early but yeah I I I know you're you're kind of being a bit coy about it, you know, saying that Neil. Yeah, not having around. a right back is uh, not having a right back is annoying. But why? Where's Trent? Um, injured. He's injured. He's there for three weeks, and Maddox there for three weeks now as well. And so uh, is Joe Gomez, isn't he? Yeah, Gomez is there for longer. He's out for I don't know. I don't know how long. Is Klein um, fit? No, well, Klein hasn't played in ages, and he's also terrible. Who's gonna play right back? Um, probably. Jimmy Milner because he can play everywhere. Oh yeah, sure, Grant. He's your best player. And for for Fabinho for Brazil's right back, but uh, he hasn't played there at all for Liverpool. But he's played there for Brazil this year, so possibly him if Jimmy Jimmy Milner play midfield. But I think Milner is more the more reliable choice than somebody who hasn't played there for your team and is kind of still bedding into the team. And Milner has played left back and mid centre mid, and he's he's well capable of playing right back. And so, Ronaldo has also played right back, so. Mm-hmm. I think it should be okay, but it's I, I don't know if it, like are Martial and Rashford fit like yeah they are but I don't either one either one of them on on somebody who isn't the right back it it could take a while for somebody to get into the game or maybe they'll just get torn apart like uh, Liverpool struggled even with Trent mm-hmm. he was two, the last game was two one Man United was it. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd actually and be a bit less down that yeah. th- down that side, and uh, Mourinho targeted that. And if if Mourinho sees a centre mid playing right back, he might target it again, and it might make it difficult. Fabinho's a very very good right back though if he plays there you know when obviously Man United were talking about signing him for ages and I watched him loads of times and he played right back a lot of the time uh, over in France and stuff and he was a really good right back so I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried James Miller we know he can play everywhere but yeah look it, it could be hopefully it is you know I, I, nothing, I'd hope not more than fucking Man United to, to beat him but I just don't see it, you know. As I as I said in that podcast, Lovren's going to start as well, though, because because Gomez and, like, and Matip are out, and he in a big game. He's he, okay. He had a good World Cup and all that, but and he had a, he had a good six months at the end of last season. But 
he, historically he's known to if something goes wrong in a big game to, to go completely insane and mm-hmm. to lose the head uh, hopefully but Man United like, if, if, if Man United were to get a lead they, they're very good at wrecking the game Man United can't keep a hold of a ball nobody's in form <laughs> they're struggling to score they're struggling to keep a clean sheet who's going to play right back uh, for you or uh, Diego Dallo it looks like or Diego Dallo yeah he's been playing well but he, he I didn't see the Arsenal game but the lads yeah. are telling me he didn't, he didn't have a great game so that'll obviously Hopefully be a worry so. fit as well I don't know we haven't heard much about that even though he didn't uh, he was left out of the squad for the last game yeah I'm, I'm going to guess my, my prediction is going to be 4-0 oh no we played in the last game sorry we played in the last game against Napoli yeah. 4-0 to Liverpool is my prediction what's yours I think you're just covering your ass. I actually not. No, I, like I would. No, I normally I just I would be a bit of take nil. take the piss of it. But United have been as four I, nil. As I said in the podcast, like United have been behind two nil in thirty percent of their games this season. Thirty percent of their games two nil. Like if that happens against Liverpool at Anfield, it's it's over. Like Liverpool are just going to attack and attack and nonstop. Man United can't get a hold of a ball. Like and they have no fucking tread on the counter because Ra- Rashford and Martial are not playing great. And will they even play? Like Jose has been playing fucking four in midfield for the last while. Like so, I'm I'm really I've never been less awful to be honest. If we got a new nil, Rashford is banging two goals there, and Martial's been in best form. Martial's been in good form. form Yeah, Martial's been in great form, but he stopped playing him like last three weeks. So I don't know what the crack with him. Rashford got one very good goal, and then he got a goal like the end of the game from a header. Like so, yeah. Hopefully, look, I I hope they win, but I'd be very very doubtful. Anyway, I think I think Liverpool probably win, but I wouldn't be surprised if if it was a really close game, or even if it turned out to be a draw. Like if Man United were to get ahead, like. It, 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 like uh, any kind of goal, like you know, anything happening in football, like uh, if, if if they could get ahead, like it could be very difficult. These things happen in the EPL. That's true. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> Hopefully, uh, someone kicks fucking Mosala in the head or something, or breaks his uh, breaks his shoulder or something. Be making stuff here. Put just put Marcus Rojo on him. We know yeah, that. Put, put Rojo on the pitch, and then we can just have nobody's ever be offside. He'd be standing <laughs> in the wrong place all the time. It'd be great. We know. Uh, we know Mosala can't take it when these Latin uh, centre backs come up in his face. You know, we know he just wilts and goes off crying with his sore little shoulder. Come up in his face. <laughs> little um, little more. A little more Salah with his stupid little shoulder. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting... I'm just... I'm disoriented now. It's too late. I can't do anything else. All right, everybody. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the fights. Uh, we'll be back anyway at some stage before Gustafson and Jones. That should be a fun fight in two weeks' time. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And we leave you on the inspirational quote of the week. There is beauty and simplicity. We'll see you next Tuesday or possibly Sunday or else the Sunday after. Good luck.